Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's Revolution Recap, a weekly review of the New England Revolution, Major League Soccer, and the U.S. National Team on WNRI AM 1380 and streaming live on the internet at WNRI.com Brought to you by Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years And now, Revolution Recap with your host, Sean Donahue Welcome to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined today in studio by Dave Ackman, here for our 75th live uh, broadcast on the radio. So, kind of a historic landmark for Revolution Recap today. Uh, the Revolution, again, tonight, uh, another another good show for a preview here, because the Rev's coming up at 8 p.m. Uh, against QS USA in the final group stage uh, of Group B for the Rev's uh, in the Super League tournament. Uh, coming off two one nothing victories this week on Sunday night after our show last weekend, the Rev's uh, defeated... Santos Laguna by a one to nothing scoreline, and then on Wednesday night the Revs came with, away with a one to nothing win over Pachuca. Uh, I guess we'll start a little bit with the Santos Laguna match, and then work our way into uh, the more recent Pachuca match uh, against Santos. The Revs came out in a four four two formation, uh, looked pretty solid defensively uh, in that formation, but didn't really seem to get too much going offensively with that. No, they didn't. Uh, I think you know a lot of their offense came from Niasi. I mean, I think you saw on that cutback. I mean, and it was about. I mean, he was really one of the only players that really challenged the defense, and I mean, it was mostly his speed and his trickery that really got them going. It was another case of seeing the Revs' versatility in that match, because, uh, of course, we haven't mentioned the red card there. Uh, Juan Pablo Rodriguez, I believe it was, uh, got a red card for elbowing Sonny Niasi uh, in the 40th minute. That, of course, changed the match there. I mean, neither side, as I said, had too much, too many chances going forward, but obviously that left the Revs a lot more free to attack after that. Uh, and, and really they did, and then later on in the match, uh, they brought on Pat Phelan, I believe, in the 64th minute, switched it up to a 3-5-2 formation. Uh, Ralston actually was moved up top at that point because they had subbed out uh, Mansali in the 58th minute, so uh, Ralston's actually second time this year playing up top after uh, he hadn't played there, I think, since high school, having <laughs> talked to him about that. Uh, but again, Ralston did really well. He talked about Niasi, he stole the ball, made that nice run up, uh, passed it to Ralston, Ralston left it back to Dubé, uh, and then Dubé scored the game winner in the uh, 70th minute to to get the, the victory there, and how crucial was that for the refs to come away with three points to open this group stage? No, definitely, especially when you're facing teams that you haven't played before. I mean, you don't really know exactly how to attack them, and I think, you know, any time you can get a turnover that far into the other team's uh, end and then turn it into a goal, you have to do that, especially late in a match. And I think it showed, too, that uh, how, how well the refs did in that 3-5-2 formation. Certainly that was something that they were able to do because of that red card. Uh, we actually got quotes from Nickel that night, uh, and he said just as much about you know how how that red card allowed them to change formations and go more attacking. Happy stage, the result. Absolutely, yeah, we should be. You know, beating the Mexican champions one 0 at home, and we should be happy. Um, you know, you're always looking for you're always looking for more, uh, but it's a great result. Obviously, the sending off kind of changed the tenor of the game once once you had that man advantage. You guys were pretty ruthless and. Yeah, I mean, I think I would have liked us to be a wee bit more ruthless, to be honest. You know, I think I think in the final third we went, you know, we went particularly sharp. You know, with a couple of decent moves, but you know, with the amount of possession we had, um, I would like us to create a bit more. But at the same time, you know, they defended, they defended real well, and the guys in good positions to defend. Uh, and then when we turned it over, they were real sharp trying to break on us. So you know, that was a good team we played tonight. 
and we should be happy to beat them one nil. Yeah, but I mean, even even up a man, they're still dangerous on the break. And yeah. You guys really, I mean, they didn't really get a sniff in the second half. Yeah, again, we we did the same. You know, whenever whenever they did try and get us, we we defended well. I can't remember them having a, a chance in the second half, which is great. But they are dangerous. You know, they're a good side. You know, they didn't win the Mexican championship for no reason. Um, so it was good good to get them out. But we'd have liked to have done a bit better with, with the ball. Was it really a severe blow that Sandy took to the head? We, you know, from weak our distance, we couldn't. Yeah, no, the guy clogged him. So. Can you talk about um, the 4-4-2 and how that worked for you tonight? I mean, it's something that you want to use on Wednesday as well. Can I talk about how it worked properly? Um, it went fairly well. You know, we, we, we knew they would, be, they, would, they would be sharp in the final third against us, and we knew they'd throw people forward very quickly. So it was important that we didn't leave holes. And, and having, not, having really not much experience, uh, most of us against them, you know, we, we really had to make sure that we started the game safe. Uh, as much as anything else and then try and build from there and uh, I think we did that obviously the, being up the extra man certainly helps but you know they certainly made it hard for us and uh, credit to them for that Was the switch to 3 5 two, take it advantage of that uh, Yes yeah we, you know, we, we, we wanted to try and put them under pressure and higher up the field which would mean that we would you know, if they were going to turn the ball up, then we would be higher up the field. Um, and as uh, as we said, you know, we, we were defending well, so we were confident that we weren't going to leave holes. And it, it paid off. And Kelly Dewey scored again. Fantastic goal. With all the games you've had, Steve, how much preparation did you have for this different sort of opposition? You haven't played many foreign teams in recent years. No, we didn't have a lot. I mean, we only found out who we were playing, you know, three weeks ago. Uh, so it was difficult to, to get some, some footage of them and, and some information on them, uh, which again is, you know, we had to start with a solid 4-4-2 because, partly because of that. You know, we didn't we didn't really know exactly what we were facing, so we couldn't take any chances and, and just gamble and leave hold. And that's what we did. How important was the first game of the group stages? Well, it's huge. You know, it settles everybody down. It means that that whatever happens, you know, the, the third game is, is huge. It'd be nice to win on Wednesday, and and if we did that, I'd be pretty I'd be pretty safe that we, we we'd probably go through. But we'll take nothing for granted. Pachuca again is a great team, uh, plenty of history behind them, and and obviously Chivas always tough. So you know, it's great to get three points on the board, but we still got a fair bit to do before we before we go. And as uh, Nickel mentioned, that was a, a great performance for the Revs to, you know, to open up the Super League, having no experience really at all against Mexican teams in competitions that matter. Of course, they did play Atlante on the preseason. Uh, that may have helped a little bit. That game very physical. And now, uh, if the Revs do win this group, they'll be playing Atlante again in the semifinals at Gillette Stadium. It'll be interesting to see if any of that uh, that hard-fought match and uh, the physicality of that boils over at all uh, should they advance to the semifinals. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at all all two matches and then even, you know, the other matches in this tournament, there's been a lot of physical play. And I don't know whether it's the Mexican-U.S. rivalries or whether it's just, you know, a different style of play that they play in the Mexican League, but there's been a lot of pushing and shoving. There's been a lot of tough tackles. So, I'd, I mean, I'd expect it, especially once you get to the semifinals, that that wouldn't diminish. It would probably just ratchet up a little bit more. And we should mention, too, that the Revs have been without Taylor Twelman, uh, Mauricio Castro in that first game, uh, Adam Chrisman, who you know, finally should have had this ejection a long time ago, but really played through the pain because of the absence that the Revs had now. It looked like they had the luxury to give him this rest, but Twelman then went down with another injury. So Twelman's been out, Castro's been out, uh, and they're both also going to be out tonight, as we found out. Uh, those two did not make the trip, uh, neither did Pat Phelan, which no surprise there. Uh, we'll t- talk a little bit more about that in the uh, second part of our program after 
take a break, but we do have uh, some more comments from this one. Uh, again, Dubé, the big goal scorer. What can you say about Kelly Dubé? Comes in out of nowhere. Now five goals in the season. Uh, giant mashing at Santos Laguna, the f- big big step up there, and you now puts puts a perfect perfect finish on that shot there. Yeah, I mean, if you notice, all of his goals matter. He doesn't, you know, score many goals when it doesn't count. I mean, most of his goals, I think, are either match winners or game tires, which I mean tells you everything you need to know about a forward. He's playing well when he needs to play, especially in the absence of what you probably would call your top two forwards. I mean, maybe even top three at times. Yeah, definitely. Kelly Dubé has been huge for the Revs, and uh, as I said, really didn't come into the season. I don't think anyone expected to see anything from him this year, but uh, the, he's got his chance, and he's stepped up and taken it. Uh, we did talk to him also that night, and we have uh, his comments on what he saw on that goal. What did you see on the goal there? Uh, it's just good ball from Senny, and uh, made, made a good dummy, so I could just make sure I finished the goal. So when should you teach for Austin the dance? Nah, every, everybody's learning each and every day, so... Yeah, I think everybody's improving with the dance, so I'm going to keep on trying doing it. Because, I mean, he's got a little bit of groove there. Like, I mean, wasn't expecting what he came out with. I mean, that, was, that wasn't bad. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad. You know, if someone gets a celebration, everybody's tried to land it, you know. It seemed like a higher tempo game than you guys are used to. And it took you a little bit to settle down, but once you got that, everything worked out. Yeah, it's kind of different, you know. With the MLS, it's more physical, and these guys, they pass the ball a lot, so... That suits our, our, our style of play. So as soon as it got in the groove, everything was fine. How big was getting the man out before you? Yeah, you know sometimes you, you gotta work work with that. You know, it's, it goes either way. If it was us, you're gonna be same situation. So it helps anyway. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned, that was Kelly Dubé who scored the uh, game winner on the first match there on Sunday against Santos Laguna, putting a uh, good performance there. Um, I, I don't think it was quite as visible actually against Pachuca, and uh, maybe not as involved, but uh, still. As I said, much more than we have expected from him. Uh, we, we do have some quotes from Reese that we're going to play in a second here, but uh, before we do, there's been a lot of talk about the uh, compensation for the players in this tournament and how uh, the MLS players only get 15% uh, of the million dollars that you know, is touted as the big prize from the Super League tournament and the team gets the rest. Um, I can't say that I expected the players would get the entire million going into this, uh, but uh, wh- what do you think of that 15%? Is that not enough for these for these players? I mean, uh, I'm not sure how they break it down within the team, but... What's your opinion of that? I mean, especially a team like the Revs, it's really tough. I mean, so many of the guys are young guys on, you know, I mean, as Nichols says, a lot of the guys that he had playing in those matches are, you know, developmental guys or minimum salary guys. And, you know, to step up in a tournament like this, I mean, I think, you know, especially when their salaries are low to start, that this would be a great bonus for them. And, you know, to have a bigger uh, piece of the pie would have been a very good thing. But, I mean, I guess we don't get to decide how it gets split up. And you should note, too, that uh, some of the stuff you've been hearing about this is a little bit misleading because... Um, from what what we were able to find out, or wh- what the, what our, our research turned up, uh, these Mexican teams don't necessarily get the full million between their players either. I believe when Pachuca won it last year, uh, it was something around three hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars that got split between the players. Obviously, significantly more than the hundred fifty thousand for the MLS players, but. Uh, I, I think the players' union uh, in addressing this has been a bit misleading in trying to make it seem like the Mexican player has got the complete million dollars, which is not the case. No, very true. And, I mean, I don't expect anyone to get the whole piece of the pie. I mean, there's a lot of upkeep that you have to do by having these extra tournaments and things, especially, you know, for teams that don't own their own stadium, you know. So it's a tough situation. But, I mean, I don't expect, you know, I mean, if you found out that your team had just gotten, a, you know, 100000 and you only get, you know, a small piece of that, you're going to, you know, you're going to be a little bit upset. And an uh, interesting quote, actually, from the New York Post recently, uh, from Commissioner Don Garber about this issue. I uh, said, we negotiated in our agreement that the league has 
had no responsibility to pay bonuses, and we voluntarily determined that we will pay the bonuses and agreed with our union. So we're frustrated that after this agreement, the union is disappointed by the numbers. That was an issue that should have been handled a couple of years ago. Uh, and, and it's an interesting point because uh, we didn't really hear about this last year when this tournament was going on. Obviously, it's a little bit more local now with the revs in it, but uh, I can't say I remember, recall hearing anything uh, any disagreement about this compensation last year. So interesting that it comes up now, and you know, if that was the case that the union agreed to it, maybe these players should be a little bit mad at their representation more than the league itself. No, and I, I don't think you can argue with that either. And I guess the bigger question is how much did the union actually think that these tournaments would grow? I mean, especially now you've got the Champions League coming up, you've got Superliga. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if they just didn't really envision it becoming this, you know, big of a tournament or what it was. So, yeah, you got to put a little blame on the union leaders, but... You know, I mean, it's up to the players to vote the right guys into position, but you can still also have a little bit of a gripe. And, uh, of course, we did say we want to get to Matt Reese's comments. Uh, before we do, uh, he does talk a little bit about that, but uh, he also made quite a, a big save there in the opening minutes Definitely. of the Santos Laguna match. I believe it was about the 30, 35 minutes, somewhere around there, where uh, uh, Santos player uh, had a header, point-blank header yeah. right there, and Reese was well-positioned, made the save, managed to keep that out. Um, that certainly could have been a turning point in the game. Uh, you expect a guy to finish that, Reese... Very good position to stop that. Uh, had he not stopped that, I think we could have seen a completely different result. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, Reese did a great job there. He It was more of a reaction save and a positioning save than, a you know, a total great play by him. But, I mean, I think that's what makes a good goalkeeper. You don't want to have to try to make a spectacular save in that situation. He saw the header coming, got in a position, and puts his hands up and stops it from going in the top corner. Not much more you can ask for out of a goalie. Yeah, and if, if that doesn't happen, maybe you don't see that uh, frustration red card, which right. was just a few minutes later if the, you know, the team was in the lead. So uh, kind of a changing save right there. Uh, we do have Reese's comments talking a little bit about that save, uh, as well as the uh, the problems with the compensation that we mentioned earlier. Well, comment on the style of soccer they played against you guys tonight? No, it was great. Um, you know, they're a very good team. Um, you could just tell by the way they uh, they kept the ball, uh, even with the man down. They made it tough for us, and uh, you know, we were uh, we did what we had to do. We got the goal, and um, you know, we're. We're happy with the victory. Coming on that header, I forget who did the check my notes, but yeah, we um, <clears throat> we had a poor clearance, and um, you know the, their player got open just right outside the six-yard box. He played a great ball in, and um, you know just a reaction save. Does feel as though now you've played a game in this tournament, you're almost say more involved in it, but it, the tournament sort of kept came up quite quietly. Didn't yeah, it? you know it's. Um, yeah, it, you know it's a tournament that for us we're a bit at, we're at a bit of a disadvantage because uh, you know the, the prize money for them is, is quite substantially more than the, the prize money that we're going to get. So um, you know they're, they're definitely uh, you know trying trying hard, but we're trying just as hard, but we're not going to get as much. So um, you know as players we're a little disappointed in that. What are you expecting them to achieve on Wednesday? A lot of the same stuff. You know that's they're going to be uh, same style of, of play they're going to be uh, very uh, very good on the ball and, and very uh, composed and they're gonna they're gonna try and, and play possession and, and pass the ball around us and um, you know we got to do a lot of the same things that we did tonight in terms of being in good spots and um, you know get uh, good good chances on goal again that was a uh, revolution keeper Matt Reese who's had such a great year this year um, named a first team all-star uh, certainly well deserved there so uh, he's been great for the Revs. Two shutouts now in the Superliga. Honestly, hasn't had that much work to do, uh, but he has had a couple of big saves, and he's made them when he needed them. No, exactly. I mean, and that's you know also a good good showing for a goalkeeper when you're not in the game, you're not really getting challenged, and you still come up with the timely saves, you know, out of nowhere. I mean, that's what you can all you can ask for out of a goalie. He's done it all year, and he's done it against you know. 
international teams, uh, local teams. It doesn't matter. He's always had a good game. We did have a clip from uh, Sonny Niasi, who, as we mentioned, had been playing so well uh, in his speed there. Didn't come out the greatest of quality, so I think we're going to skip over that one today. But uh, he, he certainly saw the physical defending there and uh, thought the guy was frustrated. He said that, that was a pretty vicious uh, elbow that he took there in the match. So uh, it was interesting to hear from him after the game. He's been playing great for the Revs. Uh, his speed has really caused these uh, both teams' defenses a, a lot of problems. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I think you see even in the, you know, getting forward to the Pachuca game, you know, they were taking shots at him after the play. They were hitting him out of bounds into the boards. I mean, they were going after him, trying to do anything to neutralize him because they could tell that he was, you know, he's really turning into a, quite the force down that wing. Yeah, he's been a, such a key player for the Revs. Uh, again, after playing pretty much no minutes last year, I think maybe one or two minutes, he's been you know, really earned a starting spot in this team and been such a key factor for them uh, with his speed, something that the Revs have missed in the past. Uh, another guy I wanted to talk about here was uh, Steve Ralston, who um, made kind of the dummy play that left it off for Kelly Dubé. Uh, as you mentioned, he played up at, and, at forward for part of that game. He was actually playing at forward when that goal was scored and mm-hmm. his involvement there. Uh, he's played on the left, he's played on the right, he's played uh, in the center that yeah. in these games. Uh, his versatility has been such a huge factor for the Revs and uh, you know, he's 34, he's certainly not showing it. No, definitely, and I think, you know, not only the versatility that he brings and the skill he brings, but also his leadership that he brings is also important. I mean, I don't think you can say enough about what he's done for this team, especially with all the injuries all over the field, and, you know, even with him getting injured, you, just, you know, you see how much it let, you know, other players step up, but then he comes right back in and finds a way to contribute. And we did have some comments from Rawlson as well on what he actually saw on that goal, and uh, against going up against these Mexican opposition that they really haven't seen before. When Niasa cut in, it seemed like, you know, I mean, there were one or two things you could do. You could try and get a touch on the ball and just kind of let it play through, and it seemed like you made the right choice. Well, first thing I was thinking was the shoot. Yeah. I, before he played it, I was like, all right, I'm in a good spot. He's going to cut it back. I'm going to get a shot off. But he hit it with a uh, decent amount of pace, so I figured I, had, I knew Kelly's behind me and just had to get a by like Kelly, get a, get, a, get a shot. Yeah. I guess came out in the 4-4-2 tonight. It seemed to really kind of settle things down. I mean, yeah, I kind of stopped. Yeah, I think defensively was, we were solid. I think offensively we didn't create a whole lot of opportunities um, in that formation. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, not knowing the opponent, I think it was the right thing to do. In the second half, you guys got to come out a little bit more. Obviously, you know, right, Yeah, that obviously helps. I mean, it makes the game a little bit easier for us. I mean, they're a good team and, you know, um, gave us a little bit more time and, and got, got us, let us keep possession a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're still they're not, you know, middle of season fit, so we made, made our job a easier. Was comment being the middleman on two very excellent plays on that goal? Um, I don't know. I was just kind of trying to get in the box, trying to get uh, get myself in a position to get a shot off. And, you know, Sonny cut it back and a little bit too hard for me to get the shot, so I knew Kelly, Kelly was making a run behind. But it's a great finish by him. Can you get a concept of Mexican style? I think you'll see the same style when I think so. You know, I, I've been around for a while. I've played against uh, some some Mexican team, so I, you know, I kind of knew what it was going to be like. Um, you know, they they want to play out of the back at, at all times, and we we knew that. So uh, you know, I thought we, we did well about getting high and not giving them time to to bring the ball too easily. Um, you know, they played the ball and move, make good runs off the ball. So we had to make sure we stay, stay with the guys, and we did a good job. Did you think you might see some time at forward today with uh, Chris and Solomon? I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I knew I was playing on starting on the left. Uh, I thought I could have ended up in the middle on a three-five-two or. 
right, end up on the right. Sonny went down, I thought I was going to the right. So, you know, just wherever they need me to go, I'm ready to go. You can really show the versatility tonight, you know, switching from the 4 4 2 to the 3 5 2, just a couple of substitutions out Yeah, you know, when I first came here, we were a 4 4 2 team, and we kind of switched to 3 5 2 for, for a long time, and this year we've kind of been, uh, you know, a little bit of both. So I, th- I think it's good, and, you know, depending on the opponent and things like that, and depending on the injuries and everything that we've gone through, the amount of games we have, it's, it's, it's good to be able to, to be versatile and play a few different formations. Again, that was uh, Revs captain Steve Ralston on Sunday night's performance against uh, Santos Laguna. Uh, there were a few other things that I want to get to in the show. Uh, of course, we do want to get to some callers uh, later on in the show, so I think I'm going to go right into a clip from Michael Parkhurst, uh, who's another news item, hasn't been selected to the Olympics uh, as an overage player. A little bit of a surprise there, uh, but I guess we'll discuss that a little bit later. But we do have Parkhurst comments um, on Sunday night's performance and kind of the, the deep playing defense there and picking up a yellow card, which is uh, so rare for him. Yeah, they're, they're a very good team. Um, you know, we can tell that even if they're in their preseason, uh, they're sharp. Um, you know, they're very smart. They're all very good with the ball. Um, you know, so it, was a, it was a challenging game for us, um, you know, definitely fatiguing. Seems like you weren't as free as you normally were, you know, whereas in MLS games you can kind of sweep up a little bit. More man marking tonight. Yeah, well, especially, I mean, we started in a four back, um, you know, so it's always going to be more man marking that way. Um, You know, even when we went to the three, um, the big man was staying up top on me. Um, So, yeah, I couldn't sweep a little bit. Um, You know, I was trying to help other guys out, but, you know, trying to take care of my man as well. Well, The differences between an MLS game and what you saw out there tonight? Yeah, it's just a, a little higher quality. Um, you know, everybody is good on the ball. Um, you know, they can play out of every little situation. Um, you know, you just really have to be sharp. They also they also make really uh, good runs up front. They're very smart. Um, use their body very well as well. Is it a good indicator of what you're going to face Wednesday night? Their style, you figure it's going to be fairly similar. Um, you would think so. Um, you know, we don't know a whole lot about any of the teams we're, fl- we're playing, really. Um, you know, we know the, the broad Mexican style. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll see more of the same on Wednesday night, and it'll be another stern test. You know, if we can come away with three points, um, it'd be big, you know, going out to L.A., knowing that we're already through. It would be nice to get that rest, wouldn't it? I mean, you guys have played a lot of games in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, anytime you can secure your way into the second round with a, with a game still to play, it's, it's nice because you can um, rotate the squad a little bit. Um, man, he closed me down real quick. Um, you know, I took a bigger first touch than I, than I wanted to. He closed me down real quick. Um, you know, and then we just got tangled up. He grabbed me, I was grabbing him, and um, I didn't want him to go through, so... Uh, no, nah, I mean, he, man, he, he closed me real quick, um, you know, a lot quicker than I thought he would. Um, no, no, that first touch didn't, didn't do me very good. Again, that was uh, Revolution defender Michael Parkhurst. Uh, another thing to know from that game was the Revs did pick up four yellow cards. Uh, Parkhurst, of course, as uh, you heard there. Uh, Jay Heaps, Kelly Dubé, and Pat Phelan. Phelan's doesn't really matter because he's going to be out for this last game anyways, but uh, those guys, did, none of them picked up another yellow card on Wednesday, which means they'll all be available tonight. Uh, but however, should any of them pick up a card tonight, they'll be out for the semifinal. So that's certainly something to watch for tonight uh, because certainly Dubé, Heaps, and uh, Parkhurst are players that you don't, you certainly would like to have for the semifinal. Yeah, uh, especially with the, uh, you don't know who will be back ready for strikers, so if you lose Dubé, you know, that puts a real dent in your forward line. Uh, and losing either Heaps or Parkers, no matter whether they play the three or the four-man back line, is really a, a knock on their defense, too. 
and we are going to go to a break here, and then we'll be back to talk a little bit more about uh, Wednesday's matchup. Uh, yet again, another 1-0 victory for the Revs. This one a little bit more crazy of a finish there, so uh, we'll get to that after the break. National Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com Covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined still in studio by Dave Ackman. Uh, we talked about the Revs' one nothing victory on Sunday against Santos Laguna. Uh, now looking a little bit about Wednesday's game, uh, we talked about the absences in Sunday's game. Uh, even worse on Wednesday, uh, Chris Albright out for this one, Jeff Lerunowitz out, uh, Steve Ralston out for this one, um, Castro, of course, still out, and Twelman still out for that one. Uh, so the Revs, not a lot of options. I believe they had 18 players available, so every, every player available made the game day roster. Uh, Chris Tierney, who's been... Uh, really a center mid in a 3-5-2 formation for the reserves, kind of playing Ralston's role, um, but also in the Open Cup games playing as a left mid. Uh, played a left back, and I thought he did a very good job filling in there. Um, re- really surprising a position he doesn't play. He looked very good stepping up into this big game. Yeah, I thought for the first, I don't know, 75, maybe 80 minutes, he was really good. I think towards the end, after they took the, you know, took the attack at the end to try to make the you know the late goal i think he got exposed a couple times on runs by the forwards but i think you know to have him playing there i think probably the first time all year he's played there that's about as good of a performance as you could ask for but i mean looking at these two teams pachuca a team that won the super league last year won the concacaf champions cup uh two years in a row a very experienced team i think the easily the champions of north america uh undoubtedly there so a, a team with a lot of experience in this international competition the revs really with yep. not much at all uh and then they're missing some of their big players they're missing their captain they're missing jeff Lerunowitz, the uh, you know starter there chris albright you know taylor twelman all these big pl- big name players uh going into this match 
see this lineup, I don't know who would actually pick the Revs to win this game. No, I mean, even with the home field, I was still hoping, I thought, you know, a draw would have been a great result for them, never mind if they, you know, pulled out a late winner like they did that night. So, I mean, I think, you know, for the players and the team, I think they couldn't have expected anything better than that. No, certainly a, an amazing result for the Revs. Um, of course, uh, didn't get the goal to the 96th or 97th minute of stop, in stoppage time there uh, late in the game. Um, Pat Phelan, we should talk about, was knocked unconscious, I believe, in the 84th minute. Uh, I think it took him about a full eight minutes before they finally got him off the field on a stretcher. Um, hard to tell when he regained consciousness, but he did regain consciousness at some point there um, while he was on the field. Uh, taken off, uh, rushed to Mass General Hospital, I believe, and done for, for further evaluation. They found he had a concussion. Um, as far as we know right now from the latest uh, information that all this is a concussion, um, of course, that's very serious injury right there. You don't know how long it's going to last. I think we saw with Aiden Brown problems he had with uh, Aleko Eskadarian, Eskadarian for uh, DC United, the problems that he had uh, with a concussion. But hopefully it's a mild one, and hopefully he fully recovers. But, uh, you know, if that's the case, I think he got off quite lucky from from what happened there, because that looked pretty bad. Yeah, and I mean, it's especially one of those unfortunate things. I think it was Saney that ended up hitting him right in the, you know, the side of the head, and I mean, you know, it's nothing you can really blame anyone for. It's just one of those unfortunate things, and you can just hope that he he recovers and that he, you know, you know, can come back and produce as well as he had been playing this whole year. Again, it was a case where the Revs started the match with a 4-4-2 formation. Uh, this time actually stuck with it throughout. Didn't have the uh, bonus of a man advantage there in this one. I think part of that is because of Pachuca's experience that uh, have a lot more composure uh, than Santos Laguna. I believe actually looking at the uh, the card list there, uh, only two yellow cards in this one, a complete difference from the other one where there are yeah, about eight yellow cards between the two teams. Um, so a very very good game. The defense uh, managed to limit their chances. Pachuca did have some very dangerous shots from, from long range, but didn't get too many inside the box. Uh, Reese had to come up big a couple times, but the, overall the Revs' defense played very well. Yeah, I mean, I think their best chance was the shot from, you know, maybe 25, 30 yards that ended up, you know, getting deflected off the post. I mean, I, so you, I think if that's the best shot that they're getting, I think you can say that that's a great job for the defense. And, of course, the Revs had a couple of dangerous uh, long-distance shots, too. Uh, uh, Michi Igwe got forward and uh, took a left-footer blast. Uh, that was pr- pretty dangerous there, too. Uh, caused Miguel Calero some problems there. Um, but really a solid performance at the back. Uh, I don't think anyone predicted it to end the way it did going going there. Uh, but Sonny Niasi got forward in the 96th minute. Uh, of course, all the stoppage time was due to Phelan's injury where they you know didn't play for, I think it was about eight minutes, really. Eight minutes, yeah. uh, got forward there, put a shot in, uh, got a handball call. Um, t- tough call, really, to make the guy. His hand, I believe, was pretty close to his chest. Um, kind of more more defending himself than anything it looked like, but uh, he did move his arm there, was blocked. I, I guess you could make that call. I, th- I think if it was outside of the box, that's the call that you make. Inside the box in the 96th minute, tough call to make. The Revs aren't going to be complaining, though. Uh, big surprise to see Tano Smith step up and take it, but he certainly buried it. He does take them from Bermuda, but uh, it does does leave a little bit of a question that uh, back in the MLS Cup a couple years ago where Tano Smith was on the field, they went through six penalty takers. Jay Heap stepped up before him, uh, so you do have to wonder a bit about that. Nickel was not too happy about it. Uh, I mean, it's a tough situation. I thought he had been having a great game to that point. I thought he had, you know, you know, he had a couple of nice shots. I mean, that right-footed shot he had almost went in. I mean, so I think you can't really blame him for wanting to step up. I think he knew he was having a great game. And, you know, it's one of those things where you know you're playing well and you want to, you know, and with the way Joseph had been taking penalty kicks, I don't think, you know, anyone's going to be all that mad that he didn't take it. Not to say he can't make it, but, I mean, 
he's Cano's been having a good job for Bermuda taking him, so why not? And you also got to thank Miguel Calero. He's an excellent PK stopper. Um, you, you've seen him before. Uh, they, they had a PK against um, them as well, against Chivas USA. Uh, Claudio Suarez missed that one, I believe, off the post. Um, actually, the same same guy who had the handball on this one was the one who committed the foul there, too. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been a handball as well for that penalty there. Uh, but Calero was an excellent penalty taker. I'm sure he had probably studied and seen that Shower Joseph was an Earl penalty taker, probably... Uh, knew his tendencies, so not a bad thing to have Connor Smith step up and take it, and I don't think he could have placed it much better than he did. No, I think it was a great shot, and I mean, it was a well-earned, you know, well-earned penalty, maybe not the greatest call, but I thought, you know, Saney had done a good job, you know, getting to the corner and crossing it in, so I mean, when you make dangerous plays, you're going to get rewarded eventually, and so, you know, might as well reward a guy for, you know, the way Connor had played that whole game. We do have uh, Nichols' comments and a little bit about what his thoughts were on uh, Connor Smith taking that penalty. It's like you thought it was going to end. Oh, why? Um, uh, you know, you don't. You know, you very rarely get those calls. Um, it's always nice to be to be getting them. Uh, I'm sure Pachuca are feeling a bit hard done by to be on the end of it. Um, but again, it's a tough one for the ref. You know, does the ball hit the guy in the arm? Yes, it does. Uh, I get in the old argument start whether it's a penalty or not. I kind of always go back to the, the schoolyard when you're a kid, and that happened. Nobody had a problem with a penalty. But obviously, I'm saying that after being on the on the good side of it. Gotta be happy with the results tonight with uh, all the guys you're missing. Fantastic. I mean, we had, I don't know, we had some like three Minimum Sally players, a, a developmental player, a, a generation Adidas player. I mean, we had, you know, we'd have half the reserve team playing tonight. And I thought he did, I thought every one of them did a great job. You know, we we never left any holes. I think they had one chance in the first half where the guy might have, might have scored, he put it wide. After that, it was a couple of half chances, but nothing else. And, and you know, to. Give credit again. You know, we, we we kept a good shape and we, we still made a couple of chances ourselves, and we won the game. And we got a wee stroke a lot with a penalty, but you know, we, we deserve we deserve all we get at the moment because we're working for it. Can you talk about Kano taking the penalty? Yeah. Well, that certainly wasn't planned. That's can I can assure you that you know, um, Shawry Joseph is the designated penalty taker. Steve Rolson's not on the field, and Shawry should have taken that. No, we've gotten away with it because Kenny's put it away. It's um, it's obviously a good penalty, but. You know, uh, had it, had it gone the other way, then we certainly wouldn't have been uh, quite as forgiven. You know, you talk about all the guys missing, but it's not like you didn't, you came out here and stifled them. I mean, you came out and played some pretty good football. Yeah, no, we, we, I mean, really, it was two things. You know, when we didn't have the ball, we had to make sure we got we got back in quickly if we turned it over because they'll, they'll hit you in a break. And then when we had it, to try and try and pass it and try and get it wide to Sani and try and get it wide to Smith. Um, and to some extent, we did that well, but it's a fantastic result for us. Could you talk about going into the next game? Um, yeah. Well, I guess I guess it'll depend what happens with Chivas and Santos. I mean, as far as as far as the team, then I don't think we've got 18. Now. I think we've only got 17 players now. So. Can you talk about what you saw with Pat, and you know, what was your reaction when when you saw him go down? Did you get to see much of him? Not really. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's a great uh, it's a great header clear, and obviously two two people going for the ball, he gets there first, and I'm, I'm I can't say I saw it, but I'm pretty sure the other guy probably connected heads with him and uh, caught him in the wrong place, and he was out. What are you anticipating the availability of the missing starters tonight? I really couldn't say. Yeah, tomorrow we'll, we'll train tomorrow at twelve o'clock here. Um, we'll kind of get a get an update and see how everybody is and see who's going to travel. As I said, you know we're down to we part out. We're down to seventeen players as of tonight. But we'll see what happens tomorrow. 
Talk about Shalry's influence on the game. It seemed like it was both from a physical standpoint, him imposing himself on the play, and with his passing, kind of really dictating the flow of the game. Can I tell you? I mean, he's, he's just huge. If it's if it's a if it's a soccer game you want, then he'll he'll outdo you in soccer. If it's a fight you want, then he'll outfight you. I mean, you name it. Pretty much in every category, he's going to outdo you um, with talent and with uh, you know aggression and. The will to win. Comment on Matt too. Matt Reese, especially that fingertip save into the post. Yeah, I mean it's a deflection, and he, he changes his angle. He changes, has to change direction. It's, it's, but again, I keep saying it. You know, we can't expect him to make saves. You know, the guy's hit the, the guy's hit a drive right at the near post late in the game as well, uh, and he's made it look real simple. But it was, a, it was a real good save, and I guess that kind of sums him up. You know, he makes, he makes tough things look pretty straightforward. Steve, do you think this tournament as a whole is generating more respect for MLS from the Mexican clubs? Absolutely, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can only speak for ourselves and, uh, you know, I'm sure those two Mexican teams have come here in the last, the past four or five days and I'm sure they're leaving here with a, a wee bit more healthy outlook on, on our team, certainly, and uh, MLS in general. Yeah, and that was uh, Steve Nickel on uh, the on the, Santa, on the Pachuca game uh, and the respect maybe the Revs earned there and Another good performance and the penalty kick. Uh, we do have a, a lot more to get to out, other than this game, so I do want to go right into uh, Kano Smith and kind of see his side of the story on that penalty and also uh, his thoughts on the game. Tell me how it went down. Stevie goes in there and says, uh, Yeah, Stevie was, Steve was going nuts and he wanted me to take it, but I, said, I asked Shari if I could have it and he said, Yeah, go ahead. So, I mean, if I would have missed it, I'm sure he could have had something to say about it, but that's cool. It's, it's good. Kind of be hot a little bit all night. You talk about what you feeling at that point? Um, I don't know. I just started off, right? Just started off, um, just, just kept building and building. So, normally, when I start off doing something good, I normally have a good game, so I was, I was happy to have something to start. It seemed like you were getting a lot of, of, of the ball out left and getting a chance to run at him a little bit. They didn't really seem to cope with it very well. Yeah, I mean, I think Sonny did as well, too. I guess the formation helped us out because we're both, um, we're both pretty quick, you know, so we was able to uh, do less defending because we had somebody behind us. So we were able to use more of our energy for attacking. What are your thoughts on a game like that, battling that hard, the two teams ending like that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's unfortunate for them. I mean, I'm sure if it was us, we'd be pretty upset. It's, so, you know, seeing those calls not get it, but, I mean, I'm not going to complain. So, given against us, I'm sure we would be upset for the rest of the game. So, I'm sure they're leaving itself out over the season. They're a good team, so I'm sure they'll be in the next round. Uh, last time you told me you were hoping that you could go back to L.A. feeling more relaxed if you guys got a win today. Yeah, I mean, now we can, um, I guess we're pretty much through depending on how things go in the other game tonight. So, I'm sure. I don't know what type of team it would take because guys are injured. We've got a lot of injuries, so we need to get guys some rest. So, hopefully things go well tonight. We'll be definitely in the next round. Considering how short-handed, do you think this team is going to measure respect from the Mexican club winning two games? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we did. But, you know, we got to take it into context. They're still in preseason, so they're not as fit as, as, fit as they could be. But um, I'm sure they I'm sure they know that MLS is improving all the time. and are going to be a force to reckon with them in years to come. Again, uh, as you said, that was... Uh, Connell Smith, who took the penalty kick goal, which turned out to be the game winner. Uh, a couple more clips here. Again, I want to get to them right away so we can get to the uh, other key news stories of uh, the, the past week. Uh, we also talked to Matt Reese on what he saw in that game playing against the Mexican opposition. Uh, and also, you know, he made a big save there, I guess, on the shot that went off the post initially. I didn't think he touched that, but apparently he got a hand to it, and that was uh, the key there to that save. Certainly big there. So we do have uh, his comments. Matt, great win for you guys tonight. 
Yeah, you know, I think we got a little fortunate there at the end. Uh, you know, I think that's the penalty was called against us. We'd be very disappointed. So, but you know, we had we had six rookies uh, on the field at the end, and um, you know, we, we played solid for 90 minutes, and um, you know, we got the result. What can you take of this first two games? Just uh, you know, as a team, we're, we're very solid. You know, not giving up a goal and, and squeaking some games out against some tough competition. Uh, you know, we're advancing into uh, you know out of the group, and you know. Uh, we're happy about that. Now, coming on the fingertips, save on Jimenez, did punch into the pipe. Yeah, no, he, he hit the snot out of the ball. I mean, the thing was moving all over the place, and, uh, you know, I, I got a piece of it, and luckily it went off. What about that part that it was a uh, concussion? Yeah, yeah, he was out cold, um, so we, we wish the best for him. He was, he could feel everything at the end, and uh, precautionary, they, they put him on the cart and took him away, so, you know, hopefully he'll, he'll be okay, and, you know, we'll, we'll see you time will tell you know concussions are a dangerous thing but did you see what happened uh, I don't I saw him go up and uh, there was two guys hit each other I don't know if his heads or if the ball or what, what it was but yeah he was out cold it seems like you guys have this formula down the 4-4-2 has been pretty solid for you I mean these are two pretty close teams that you kept pretty much today. yeah um, you know they're in their preseason so they're not you know they're not at full strength and, and traveling across country is definitely uh, not an easy thing to do but Um, you know, Steve, you talked about just uh, making sure that we were in good spots, and, and we were the whole night. Uh, you know, I think playing with four in the back, that allowed our outside midfielders to get forward, and um, we did a very good job of, of possessing the ball, which we haven't done uh, that well this year. Field MLS and the Revolution have gained a good measure of respect from the Mexican team with these two wins. Um, I think so. I hope so. You know, I think, um, you know, even we're not at full strength. You know, we're, we pieced together a team tonight because we had a bunch of guys that were injured and, and we came out with a victory. So um, I think we'll get some measure of respect, but, you know, until we play them at full strength, then, you know, I, I'm not sure if, if they'll give us that full respect. And again, that was Revs keeper Matt Reese talking a little bit about the respect the team may have gained through this tournament. Um, we do have one more clip that we're going to get to, and then we will. Uh, Make, make it open for calls after we take another quick break. Uh, this one, of course, from uh, Enrique Meza, the coach of Pachuca. Uh, we actually got a chance to ask him. Uh, we heard from Reese talking about if they got respect. Got a chance to ask him if we, uh, you know, they did gain a little respect for the MLS oppositions. And uh, we do have his comments through a translator. Mi opinión de la MLS, la Major League Soccer. I think it's compared to the league. I'm not sure why. I get asked this all the time because I think the games have shown the level of the league. There's some things that could be used as excuses, such as the fields or the, the the level of refereeing, but I think ultimately the games have shown that the level, the, the, the quality of the play of the league. This question was about being preseason in Mexico. It may be a reality, but the, the, the truth is that we accepted this tournament, we wanted to play it, and that we're taking it seriously, and that, that to us, we're, we're taking it as serious as possible, this, this tournament, and we're looking to win. Pero creo que las mejores oportunidades fueron nuestras. But I think overall the the best chances that of the game were ours. Ultimately, it was a penalty that that decided the game whether or not it was it was correctly called. I'm not quite sure. I think in the end, though, we 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 came out of the game with the better chances created. Question was about uh, having a tough time now, that just one game left, and also but being the champion of Superliga. It may be difficult, but there's still a game left. And while we respect the opponent Santos, who's the champion of Mexico, Pachuca is a great team as well, and we're ready to take the uh, take on the next game. Again, that was up Pachuca's head coach Enrique Meza. Uh, we're going to take another quick break here. Uh, before we do, I will give out the phone number. So if anyone is interested in calling in, we will have about 10 minutes after the break. Uh, 
love to hear from you uh, about any of these any of these games, uh, or of course the incident that happened on the plane ride to the Revs game tonight to Chivas USA to Los Angeles. Um, of course, I'm sure you've heard about that unless you've been uh, having had the news off for the past couple of days. We'll talk a little bit more about that after the break and what happened there. But uh, if anyone wants to call in about that, that'd be great too. Again, the numbers are. 1-800-949-WNRI, which is 9674. That's 1-800-949-WNRI. Uh, or if you're local, we have two local numbers as well. Uh, they are 1401-769-0600, 1401-769-0600, and then 1409-766-1380. That's 1401-766-1380. We are going to take a quick break here and uh, again, if you want to call in during the break or after the break, uh, feel free to. And then we'll be back to talk a little bit more about tonight's game uh, and, of course, the other incidents that we haven't gotten to so far. Looking for soccer in New England? It's all right here at Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com. New England's premier soccer magazine celebrating over 20 years of in-depth soccer coverage. Professional teams, college soccer, men's and women's amateur leagues, youth and high school teams. Soccer New England Magazine's got it covered. Looking for youth soccer camps? You'll find them here. Dedicated to bringing the excitement of soccer home to you with stories, scores, and insights in both print and on the web. Soccer New England Magazine and SoccerNewEngland.com covering the entire sport for the entire region for over 20 years. The National Soccer Hall of Fame is every fan's dream. It's the history of the game in pictures and video, World Cups and jerseys. Visit us online at www.soccerhall.org and plan your trip to Oneonta. And now back to Revolution Recap with Sean Donahue on WNRI AM 1380. Welcome back to Revolution Recap. I'm Sean Donahue, joined by Dave Ackman here in the studio. I will give out those phone numbers one more time if anyone's interested in calling in. Uh, again, the 800 number is 1-800-949-WNRI. And then the local number, uh, 1401-766-1380. Uh, so if you want to call in, in the next 10 minutes, uh, please do, and you know, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, but lots to talk about anyways. Uh, the Revs, of course, as we mentioned, uh, the airplane incident, um, I guess a man from Hudson who's now been identified by, apparently by the Boston Herald, a former football player from Hudson, uh, 22-year-old, uh, was, was on the airplane with the Revs flying over to Los Angeles. The Revs, of course, do not take chartered flights. They fly on American Airlines, who is uh, the league sponsor there. Um, so I guess the guy came out of the bathroom naked, and that's when they kind of you know raised a few alarms. They, they sent him back. He got dressed. He went back. He sat down. I guess he was okay for 15 minutes. Um, if you've read the reports, Craig Turnberg, Tornberg said that he was gonna that he was talking gibberish there while sitting down. Uh, Tornberg, of course, the Revs' general manager, I believe now the uh, vice president, or he's been promoted actually. I don't have his current title right in front of me, but um, of course, then the guy gets up and walks over to try to open an emergency exit. Is what 
uh, we heard, which um, I guess cannot be done uh, when the when the plane is up up in there is what what we've been told. But um, still scary nonetheless. Certainly, if, if somehow he did manage to open it, anyone not in a seatbelt would have been sucked right out of that plane. It uh, wouldn't have been wouldn't have been good at all. But uh, Craig Tornberg, along with Michael Burns, the vice president of player personnel, uh, both got up, uh, and along with the assistant coach Gwen Williams um, and one other man who was not identified, uh, got up, got the guy back to his seat, and I guess they then handcuffed him or something to his seat. Um, then they took a detour to Oklahoma City and uh, brought him off the plane, and then the Revs were then sent on the way to Los Angeles, uh, delayed there, but. Uh, some great press for the Revs, get, making the first page of the Herald and the Globe, uh, making all the news uh, recaps there, getting on MSNBC and I think CNN as well, um, probably a few other networks. So great, great press for the Revs on there. Yeah, not exactly the kind of way you want to make the news as a soccer team, but, you know, it's always great to see, you know, team members and, you know, members of the staff, you know, getting recognition for doing things outside of the sport, especially when it's something that, you know, would help not only their team, but also, you know, everyone else on the plane, because, you know, even if he doesn't manage to get that door open, it's got to be scary to see someone, you know, running around trying to do things that are, you know, just not what you're supposed to be doing on a plane. And, of course, uh, as, as you said, not not necessarily a thing you want to be making news for, but great press for the Revs, a <laughs> positive light. Yeah. Um after also making the press earlier in this week for an, another kind of strange incident there, of course, uh, not necessarily the front pages, but um, maybe ESPN among others, that uh, Chase Hilgenbrink, uh, the Revolution left back, who hadn't played too much this year but had been starting in the Open Cup games, uh, probably would have started, um, I, I would guess most certainly would have started on Wednesday had he still been here, uh, on Monday morning announced that he was retiring from soccer to pursue uh, a career as a, as a priest going into the priesthood there. Uh, so that's quite an interesting story. Uh, in the middle of the season uh, with the Revs, and one in a great season there, uh, that he makes that decision. But I guess he said he got his calling and uh, wish him the best of luck. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's a very noble goal. And, you know, you can't really choose when to do it. If that's when he felt it was the right time to do it, I give him all the credit. And, of course, uh, several other key news items to note here. Uh, we've talked about the All-Star game last Sunday. Um, Steve Ralston now being selected as a replacement player. Um, I was a little bit surprised that Nicholas didn't select him initially for the bench, but he probably knew that at this point that Parkhurst was going to get called up um, and that he would be selecting him anyways, I would I would assume. Uh, so, of course, Parkhurst going to the Olympics. Um, so Parkhurst will be away from the team. I believe he's going to be playing tonight. We're still waiting for that lineup. I actually thought we would have it by now. Uh, we wanted to get you the lineup as soon as we could uh, for tonight's game. We're still waiting on that, but I believe Parkhurst is going to be in it. I believe it's going to be... Uh, from what I've been told, it's going to be very similar to uh, Wednesday's night, of course, without Phelan, uh, maybe with the Renowitz, because Vermontowitz did make the trip, Ralston made the trip, Auburn made the trip. Not sure how many minutes they're going to play, uh, but I, I'm guessing maybe the Renowitz steps in. If not, uh, I would assume it's Brandon Tyler that gets the step, that I mean, gets, gets the start, so that should be interesting there. Um, but very busy week for the Revs. Uh, there's guys going to the All-Star game, Parker's not going, Parker's going to the Olympics. Uh, how much is that going to hurt this team uh, without Michael Parker's, the, you know, their star defender for uh, the Super League of Semifinal, should they advance, mm-hmm. uh, the Super League of Final, if they advance from that, the U.S. Open Cup Semifinal against D.C. United. Again, the Open Cup no longer going to be easy for the Reds as it has been in the first two rounds, uh, and, and probably two league games as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you can, you know, understate the fact that he has for the team. I mean, he is that rock in that defense, especially when they play the three-man back line. He really, you know, manages to make up for all the other, you know, holes that open up in a three-man back line. So losing him might mean you see more 4-4-2, which, I mean, I don't know who you bring in in that case to play his spot. Maybe you drop back Laurentowitz into a defensive spot. Maybe you bring up uh, a guy like... Sam Brill. Sam Brill. Uh, maybe I mean, he played maybe. in the Open Cup game. I mean, uh, you'd think going into the season that... uh 
uh, Rob Valentino. Actually, we did get the Revolution lineup in. I uh, should have checked this a little bit sooner, but we do have that now. It's restarting in goal, so uh, no surprise there. Igwe uh, on the back heaps, Parkhurst, Albright, so that's a great news there. Actually, does look like a more improved lineup from last weekend, I mean from Wednesday. Uh, and then in the midfield, we have San Niasi uh, on the right, it looks like. Steve Rawlson on the left, Jeff Deronowitz, Shari Joseph in the middle. Uh, so another 4-4-2. And then Dubé and, Dubé and Mansali up top. So certainly the Revs not resting guys today. Everyone who is available uh, that would be regularly starting is starting. Um, so the, the Revs, I think, know the importance of this game and are trying to go out and win it and would love to have the semifinal at home uh, and if the final as well if they advance. Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially, you know, with with the lighter schedule coming up, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, might not, you know, need the bigger breaks that they do as long as they're healthy. Yeah, certainly certainly that's the case. And this is a, a great lineup for the Revs. That we should mention that Chivas USA is a, a weakened lineup. They're missing a lot of key guys here. Uh, Mikel Gailindo, who's been so key for them in the past, is out injured. Uh, Leko Eskadarian, another forward is out injured. I thought Atiba Harris was going to be out for that. It really sounded like he was, but it looks like he's starting this one. Ante Razov also getting the start up top. Um, looks like Bornstein is getting a start at left midfield here. Uh, Jesse Mars, Sasha Kleshton both starting uh, in the midfield as well. Uh, Palladini getting a start. Mendoza, Claudio Suarez, and Burling in the defense. Uh, and then, as well as Carrie Talley. And then Kennedy getting the start and goal, another inexperienced goalie. They played two different goalies um, in the first two games here uh, after Guzan, of course, left for Aston Villa. So that's kind of the weak spot for Chivas there. Uh, two inexperienced goalies. It'll be interesting to see if the Revs can you know, really test these guys tonight. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, you can't, you know, you talk about losing a guy like Parkhurst, but losing them losing a guy like Brad Guzan is a huge blow to their team. I think, you know, maybe you try to take him, test him with some long shots like Igwe did last game. I think he showed he can make the shots from outside. You Maybe you hope for shots from guys like Laurentowitz from outside and see what happens. Yeah, it should make for an interesting matchup. Can't understate the importance of this one. How key would it be for the Revs to have the home field advantage to the rest of this tournament, particularly uh, if they do end up facing an MLS team in one of these games? Um, of course, if they win, they will be playing Atlante. That game, uh, the winner of Group B plays on Wednesday, the 30th, so that's something to note there, that that game would be on Wednesday should the Revs advance as the leaders of this group. Um, so certainly got a, certainly a, a good thing to look forward to there for Revs fans uh, should the Revs win or draw tonight. Yeah, it's exactly what you can hope for. Two home games in the last two games of a tournament would be huge, especially if you get to a final against, you know, maybe a Mexican team. You know, having that at home would be a huge advantage because you'll have the crowd support. Yeah, definitely. And uh, going back, Parkers is going to be a big loss for them, but they do have options. Uh, I talked a little bit about Valentino. I, I don't think I finished my thought there because we got the lineup in. But uh, Valentino, the Revs' first-round draft pick, I don't think he's even the first choice off the reserves uh, should they need to fill in at center back anymore, which is a little surprising. Yeah, it's tough, you know, you, but he had come in with that injury, so maybe he's, you know, a step behind still for the whole year, you know. And, you know, it could be a situation like Niasi and Mansali last year where they don't play much one year and then, you know, use the next offseason to improve. Yeah, it'll be interesting to note his improvement to see, you know, if he, if he does have the impact of some of these other uh, rookies that the Revs have brought up in the past in the first round. Hasn't yet, but time yet for that, so something to watch for, certainly. Exactly, and, you know, something to watch for tonight, too. And again, we will be back on next week. Uh, thanks for tuning in tonight. You can get the archives at revolutionrecap.com. Make sure to check out uh, the Revolution Recap blog at blog.revolutionrecap.com. Uh, and uh, also make sure to send in your comments to revolutionrecap at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you what you like about the show, uh, maybe what you don't like so much about the show, and you know, what you'd like to hear more from, uh, as well as any general comments about the revs or questions that uh, we could address on uh, an upcoming show. So uh, thanks for listening. We will be back next week.
You're listening to WNRI AM 1380, Woonsocket, Rhode Island.